Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. We are here to talk about this past week in professional wrestling, which means we're not going to talk about the usual stuff, but instead we're going to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling and the WWE's upcoming show in Australia this Saturday. Well, along with that, we'll also briefly talk about Raw and SmackDown. But, we are streaming this show live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So, if you're, not, if you're listening to the podcast version, tune in live. You get to interact with the show and ask questions and comments in the chat, which I will address during the show. So, send them on in. Also, our Twitter, at The Heel Turn. How's it going, everyone? If you're watching the, the live version, you may notice things look a little different. It's because I'm uh, not in the studio as usual. I had to read together a little setup where, where I am. Because uh, apparently everyone's getting sick. Including myself, kind of. I'm starting to get a little sick. But yeah, family's sick, so I am... Uh, I'm hanging out with them and taking care of them. And because of that, it's also why the show's a little early this week. Usually we air after NXT and the Mayon Classic, but had to make a special little exception this week. We're live early and everything's a little different. So bear with us. Doing the best I can. And uh, people listening to the podcast version, it's going up to normal time. Just the topics are a little different. So I hope everyone out there is feeling better. I've I've got a little headache going, but fighting it. So if you haven't got your flu shot yet, get, get your flu shot. What, what are you doing? So yeah, that's what's going on there. Uh, besides that, not too not too much new. If I didn't mention it before, I uh, completed Spider Man on PS4. That game's excellent. Uh, this week I saw an early screening of Star is Born, which is the, uh, Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga movie, and it is very, very, very good. I expect that to, uh, be named multiple times during Oscar season, so if you're into that sort of thing, look out. And other than that, uh, I started playing the game Dead Cells. I finally got around to that game that everyone's all hyped about. It's a roguelike game, kind of like Rogue Legacy, but the combat's a little more complicated. Uh, the drops, there's like drops throughout the castle or whatever terrain you're in that are different and different stats. It's, it's a cool game. I recommend it. I'm playing it on the Switch because it's a game I want to play a few runs of, you know, then do work, then, you know, pick up the Switch, play a few more runs. Because you die a lot in that game, turns out. I'm starting to get a little better, but it's still a rough, rough game. So, yeah. Other than that, that's going on. My, what's going on in my life. And as I had mentioned at the, t- at the top during the intro, uh, the topics this week are a little different because sickness... Having to start early, and so NXT. So if you're watching a lot of NXTs airing right now, so can't really cover that. The big match they're promoting this week is Lars Sullivan versus EC3. So don't think I'm missing much. The Mayon Classic, though, a couple good matches there. I believe I saw one of them being Rhea Ripley versus Casey Catanzaro. So I'm sure. When this when the podcast version goes up, you'll be like, "Well, you idiot! You didn't talk about that match. It was so good." S- sorry. Hopefully, we'll be back to our normal routine next week. But which also means we'll also be talking about the Australia show. But, well, the results of that this week, we're going to framework the uh, the Raw and SmackDown recaps around those matches because that big stadium show is happening Saturday at five a.m. Craziness. But before we get to that, we should uh, mosey on over to the news. 
See, another uh, downside of not being in a normal studio is the transitions for the video portion of the show is all manual now. I don't have my fancy button that I can press to switch all the stuff. So, doing my best here. Our first bit of news is that, uh, remember Neville? Former Cruiserweight champion? He was the king, he yelled, he was angry little man. Also teamed with Stephen Amell at one point during SummerSlam. Well, since he walked out of WWE a couple years ago, or a year and a half, it's been a while. But since then, we have seen and heard nothing from him. Until this week. Because he appeared at, in Dragon Gate during their one night, uh, during night one of the Gate of Victory event in Quirken Hall in Tokyo. And he's going by the name Pac again. And he was Ita's mystery partner in a tag match against BXB Hulk and uh, Shingo Takagi. Along with that, he uh, joined the heel stable R.E.D., which stands for Real Extreme Diffusion. And that's it's pretty much all I know. It's pretty exciting. Uh, personally, I don't follow Dragon Gate, but with this big signing, I'm sure a bunch of North American people who are fans of Neville will start to pay attention to them. Because, like all wrestling promotions, they have their own streaming service that you can subscribe to. So, hopefully, hopefully he starts making some waves over there. Because that would be good, because... In, in wrestling, you know, competition's always good. We didn't have it for a while. Now New Japan's stepping up. Hopefully Dragon Gate will do the same. Progress is crushing it, which hopefully later this month we'll be talking about that. And yeah. Congratulations to, uh, to Pac for having a job again. Getting to do the wrestling thing. Uh, staying in Japan, the next news story is that uh, Tetsuya Naito, the leader of Los Ingrenables de Japón, uh, put out a video talking about the status of uh, the stable. You know, things haven't been going so great. They lost the Intercontinental title. Uh, Hiromu is injured and hopefully not dead forever. Uh, yeah, they've been having a rough outing of it, but... He teased that there will be a new member of the group to be revealed at King of Pro Wrestling on October 8th, which, looking at my watch, that's this weekend. So how about that? Uh, the match announced for the card is Sho, Yo, Toriyano, and Kazuchika Okada of Chaos taking on Bushi, Sonata, Tetsuya Naito, and whoever this new person is. And uh, I tried to uh, speak with our New Japan expert, Trace Evans, about who the possible member is and if it's him. And uh, he said, no, it's not him. And he has no idea who it's going to be. So as someone who's not familiar with the Young Lions and who's on excursion and all that, it's all up in, up in the air to me. I don't know who it could be. It'll be, and fortunately we won't have to wait long to get our answer because that'll be, that show's coming up in five days. So that's exciting. Always like to see a little shakeup, you know, aside from the whole Jay White thing, which uh, you can hear me and Trace talking about breathing with a switchblade over at uh, Patreon.cool, where we have our show covering all of the uh, destruction shows. And our last news story is uh, regarding The Undertaker, who's making big waves nowadays. Uh, this week, he had an out-of-character interview with Ed Young, who is a, a pastor at the Fellowship Church. And everyone I've talked to is like making a big deal out of this because Undertaker doesn't do out-of-character interviews very often. But yeah, he did here and... Um, 
you know, kind of chill, just talking. And uh, the big, well, also you can find us on YouTube, so look it up if you want to see the full interview. But I have a quote here that he uh, says regarding wrestling moves over character. So let me read this to you. Undertaker said, I'm a firm believer in less is more, especially with my character. When I talk to young guys, they think, okay, well, I can do, and athletes today are off the chart and just ridiculous how athletically talented the men and women are, for that matter. See, wrestling and sports entertainment, is it's not about the moves. It really isn't. It's being able to invoke emotion in one facet or the other. You have to make people love you, or you have to make them hate you. Either way, it doesn't matter really which one. Certain people like to be hated, and others like to be loved. But if you can't bring the emotion out of the audience, you're not going to have them for long. And a lot of times, this happens with the young kids, uh, with the young guys. If they're so te- athletic and so gifted, they'll do some kind of crazy double backflip off the top rope and land on somebody on the floor. And then that's what the audience takes away from it. This guy does crazy stuff. Well, you can only see that so many times before you're like, I've seen that. I need something new. Well, that's a double backflip, double gainer onto somebody. How do I up that? That's the position they're sometimes back themselves into. They have to keep upping the ante, and by doing that, you increase your potential for injuries and catastrophic injuries like that. So, characters, I keep looking back like The Rock, Cena, and Flair. They had the ability to make you love them or make you hate them. And Cena is such an anomaly because you don't know one night or the next whether they're going to go ballistically crazy for him or boo him out of the building. He's probably the most polarizing guy that, that's come along in such a long time. His fan base is just crazy. But what happens if he, is he sells tickets. He performs on, in front of a full arenas just like The Rock. But that's the key. We tell stories. We use the wrestling moves to tell the story. But it boils down to what, down to the character and being able to bring the emotion out of your audience. That's a, it's a pretty good summary of it all, really. Because, you know, when it comes to the independent wrestling, you know, you get excellent matches all the time. People doing these crazy high-flying moves. But it's telling the story that's important. Not just in promos. Like, you know, having a nice get-up and, you know... Being able to cut a interesting promo on your opponent's all nice and dandy. But the storytelling is not is pretty much most important in the actual match. Just string together a bunch of moves, sure, great. Anyone can do that. If you're athletic enough. But to do that and also tell a fascinating back and forth story in the ring, focusing on a part, you know, actually selling not not naming names, Michael Elgin. But actually selling the moves and putting together a fun, exciting story. That's what makes wrestling, wrestling. So, Undertaker's kind of right. But I think he's focusing too much on the promos and all that. That's just one facet of it. The end there made it kind of sound like he's doing the whole Vince Man, we're making movies thing. Which, it... It's a combination, dude. But the most important thing is being having that charisma, having the character, but also being able to convey that character in the ring. So yeah, there you go. Uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, go go watch that full interview on YouTube. Just look up, I guess, uh, Ed Young Undertaker interview. Use a Google machine. You kids know how to do that. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, move on to talk about our next topic, which is a rarity on this show, because usually we reserve our New Japan discussion for 
the premium shows over at Patreon.cool. But this show wasn't really big enough to garner that, and we'd just done one with the Destruction shows. So uh, let's, let's chat about uh, the Fighting Spirit Unleashed that happened this past weekend. Uh, the first match of the show was ACH, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Jushin Thunder Liger defeating Rapunki 3K, uh, which is Sho, Yo, and Rocky Romero. This match was... Th- here's the thing about this show. And this here's the thing about like most New Japan shows. The first half of the card is a bunch of tag matches with lots of getting lots of people involved, and you're just putting on an excellent match, but not really being important or meaning anything. And uh, this match was kind of that because you had fun characters like uh, Taguchi, who's still wearing the uh, the rugby helmet because. He's Taguchi, he's a weirdo. And uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, who's just a beloved guy who's always down for doing fun stuff. And uh, it was an excellent match. I uh, Taguchi got the fingers in the butt again. Oh, I also want to point out that the commentary team for the show were Kevin Kelly and Jim Ross. Which was a weird combination. I bring it up because during the fingers into the bum bit, JR was very confused, and Kevin was like, I'm not going to explain this to you, sir. So yeah, uh, Taguchi uh, pinned Rocky Romero to pick up the win. Solid opening match, but nothing really to write home about. After that, we had uh, SCU which is Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels taking on uh, the Bullet Club's Chase Owens and Hangman Page. And uh, SEU were the hometown boys because this was in Southern California at the Pyramid. And uh, again, this was not a great match. Uh, P-Seg in the chat yells uh, SEU. That's our pal Trace. And yeah, he Trace uh, gave me some notes Ahead of time, let me let me pull them up here because this match was one of the things he mentioned. It is a damn SCU. SCU are great. The crowd was the crowd was so hot for them. Not just I don't think just because it was a hometown, but because these two are just magic, and uh, they lit it up here. Uh, Hammond Page and Chase Owens continue to do great, but uh, Daniel Kazarian hit the best Melter driver ever on Owens for the pinfall win. Melter driver always a fan favorite. It was an excellent match. Again, opening match didn't mean much, but having SCU on New Japan show, crushing it. And uh, Trey says this is the was the best match I've seen from them, hands down. Absolutely. Like, I haven't seen a lot of them. Like, I think my... Because most of the time they were, like, wrestling in, like, Ring of Honor and Impact. But uh, I saw them have the match at... But no, it wasn't these two. But it was SCU fighting it all in. And that was good. But this combination of uh, Daniels and Kazarian, excellent stuff. They definitely need to uh, have them showing up more and getting into the... Well, also, don't we have, like, the tag uh, the tag tournament coming up? So, yeah, get, get, get these guys in there. What are you doing? We had uh, Flip Gordon, Chris Saban, and Jeff Cobb defeating uh, Chucky T. Beretta and uh, Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto teaming up with the best friends was a weird sight, especially when Hiroki Goto took off his robe and there was no belt there because he lost that belt. And it, I'm still sad about it. Goto is great. Always enjoy Goto. This was a weird combination, but I do say that I like 
Jeff Cobb a lot. He won the uh, Battle of Los Angeles. So he's on a hot streak. And, uh, yeah. Let me just say, uh, Jeff Cobb versus Hiroki Goto. Yeah, I want that. I want that singles match. Give that to me. Because uh, uh, after the match, uh, Cobb, and, well, first I should tell you how the finish was. Jeff Cobb uh, pinned Chucky e. T after a tour of the islands. But after the match, uh, Jeff Cobb and uh, Goto had an exchange, and Cobb held up the ROH TV title in front of him. So, yeah. I, I don't think that Hiroki Goto is going to be going after the, that title. I mean, if he does, that'd be great. But, yeah, I want to see these two fight. Oh, apparently, uh, Goto said he doesn't know what the, the ROH TV title is, but he wants to fight him anyway. So, great. Sure, let's have these two fight. When, when they're going to fight, no idea. I think it's uh, too far for them to save that for the Garden. But whenever those two have a match, I am all the way in. Because that's some hard-hitting action, and I am all for it. Uh, match number four of the card. It was uh, Killer Elite Squad. Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. Along with Zack Sabre Jr. Defeating Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Evil. Again, L.I.J. having problems. Uh, ZSJ pinned Evil with a European clutch. But the main point of this match is that it is starting to build up even further to Zack Sabre Jr. versus Evil. Ah, uh, yeah... Give that to me. See, they keep setting up these great singles matches in these tag matches, which is, I guess, is the big point of these. Is, uh, you have some good match wrestling, but also you're playing the seeds for these huge singles matches that can headline shows down the road. So that was great. Also, uh, Kill Elite Squad. They talk about murder a lot, and they beat the shit out of the Young Lions after the match. I don't like them. Too violent. They should just calm down. And yes, I know Killer is literally in their name. But still, come on. Okay, then. Then we get to match number five. Jay White and Gato defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kushida. And as Trace likes to point out to me we all had to breathe with the switchblade like literally uh, Trace's his license plate in Forza is breathe with a W it, it was kind of to be fair I, 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 rec I gave that suggestion so that's on me too but it's still, it's still fun he even wore a breathe with the switchblade shirt during this match but uh, didn't have the W. So I guess, guess they, they, I guess it was a typo. Clearly, clearly a typo. But yeah, if you missed uh, the destruction shows, Jay White and Gato turned their backs on Okada, and I guess have broken off from Chaos and are trying to form their own Splinter organization. It's not clear yet. Like. Is it just them on their own, or are they going to form a group? Not Unknown. But what we do know is that after this match... But first, let me tell you the finish. Uh, White uh, distracted the ref, and Gato hit Tanahashi with breast knocks. Because, of course, he did. White pinned uh, Tanahashi with a Blade Runner, and uh, he grabbed the briefcase and said, Yo, I'm going to... Get this title shot because you get you get the Okada first, and he failed that. So now it's my turn to get this briefcase. And what I love about this promo is that uh, Trace and I had a conversation about the possibility of Jay White winning 
and it being two foreigners in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. And he even brought that up. He's like, what, you're afraid? New Japan's not going to have me win because they're afraid of two foreigners main eventing their big show in the Tokyo Dome? And I, I before that, but I also explained an alternative that they could go with, which you can listen on our Destruction podcast. I'm not gonna, not gonna spoil that one for you. It's safe to say, uh, possibility of Jay White winning this, this contract. I'm gonna say pretty good, unless Okada screws him out of it, which is also a possibility. It, it's obvious that Kenny Omega is going to hold the belt until Wrestle Kingdom. He's he's the biggest star they have. Then we had intermission, and then things got good on this show because we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship tor- Tournament semifinals match. Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay. I I can just say those names and you already know this match is going to be great. And no, don't hold the all-in match with against Skrull with Okada. It was fine. It was just a little too long. But it was fine. He made up for it way, way above and beyond here with Will Ospreay. This match was fantastic. Like, as soon as the bell rang, they just started beating the crap out of each other and trying to hit finishers and go as fast as they can. It was excellent. Uh, I'm not going to run through the whole, all the match, like, uh, move by for move, but uh, the finish of this was Skrull uh, hit graduation and uh, pin Osprey to move on. Uh, Trace was right. Because he had predicted that it was going to be Skrull to move on. I had said Osprey. Well, I mean, I was wrong. And I guess it makes sense with them being in California here, having the Bullet Club member move on, and also the fact that Skrull is fantastic. So that sets up uh, sets up the finals now. Do I Does Mario Skrull win the belt? I think, I think that'd be pretty good. Good incentive to keep him around with all the rumors going on about what the future of the Bullet Club is. Because if you watch this week's Being the Elite, they're starting to count down to the beginning of the year with some big thing happening. And Cody Rhodes has been going around saying there's a pretty good possibility that he could return to WWE. So, who knows? Maybe they're going to try to at least keep some of the members of the Bullet Club around, and Skrull being one of them. After that, we had the IWGP United States Championship on the line. Juice Robinson defending against Cody, because at the G1 Finals, Cody pinned Juice Robinson in a tag match and staked claim to the title. And uh, Cody already has a belt, though. He won the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship at All In. So he was going for more gold. And uh, the story of this match was essentially uh, Cody Rhodes is a piece of shit, and he's going to use every possibility to cheat to try to win, including using his wife, because of course he did. Like, this is so weird. It's a complete polar opposite of how he was at All In, where he was, like, the biggest baby face. He was now, like, the biggest dick. He even started off with him, you know, teasing, throwing his shirt into the crowd, and then just handing it to to his wife. And, uh, yeah, this was a, uh, a great match. The storytelling was excellent with Cody. Just every possibility he could do to cheat, he did. And eventually it caught up to uh, Juice, who's trying to fight through all this. He's been having bad luck since the G1, where he lost so many matches in that tournament. But to be fair, he had a 
a cast on his hand, which he doesn't anymore. But yeah, Cody uh, pinned Juice with a roll-up after a superplex and picked up the win. Now Cody's got both belts. Cody's on the quest to win all the belts, which we'll talk about later. But not, not much later, because the next match is the main event. The Golden Lovers of Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega taking on Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, I believe they mentioned this is the first time we have had Kenny Omega and Okada in the same ring in North America. So, buckle up. Also, yo, Tomohiro Ishii literally made a stone. My favorite wrestler in New Japan just had a freaking war with Kenny Omega at the Destruction shows. This... you Go watch this match. Like, find a way. Sub- subscribe to New Japan World. for get, get your month trial or whatever it is. Just watch this match. Also watch all the other Ishii matches with Omega. But watch this match. It is excellent. Because everyone's got beef with each other. Abushi's got beef with Ishii from their match at the G1. Uh, Kenny Omega's had a war with Ishii. He's also... Omega's the guy who took the belt from Okada at Dominion. Like, this was just all four men tearing it up. Like, no breaks, really. Just everyone constantly in the match, always involved. Ishii being a badass, as always. Kota Ibushi also being a badass. Like, taking a bunch of chops and just no-selling it. Jesus. So, such such a good, great match. Just can't recommend it enough. But uh, the finish made totally made sense, too, because it was the Golden Lovers hitting the Golden Trigger on Ishii and pinning him, because... He's the one that could take the pinfall, but, you know, he still looked like a million bucks because it took two men to take him down. So, can't recommend it enough. That match was just... Also, did my notes skip over a match? Oh, huh. My... Um, it's missing this. These notes are missing the Young Bucks against uh, the Grills of Destiny for the heavyweight tie titles. What's up with that? So before I get to the post-show uh, stuff, I'm going to talk about that match because that match was another great match. The problem is, it was pretty much just another Young Bucks match, which is not a bad thing. The Young Bucks are great, but it's once again it's. Matt Jackson's got hurt, and he's going to sell, and it's can't do his moves right. And it's going to be up to Nick to carry it, but it's, this time it wasn't quite enough. Uh, the Tongans are just despicable. I'm still mad at them over the G1. And uh, they, won the, they won the six-man tag belts at the G1 Finals, and now they've completed it by also taking the tag, the heavyweight tag belts from the Young Bucks, and now they have all the belts and they can't get fired. Great. Freaking great. I hate it. Uh, Trace, from his notes, because he gave me a couple points, it's just said, damn it, G-O-D. Which stands for Gorillas of Destiny. Yep. These, these assholes just keep winning, and I hate it, and I wish they would stop. Just go away. Stop being good at your job and beating the people I like. Okay, and now let's flip back to the end of the show where after the match, Kenny Omega ended the show as he does cutting a promo to the audience, which he also translated to Japanese, which he let the people at at the show know He's just translating what he was saying. Everything's cool. Which is a good laugh. So, we had that. Uh, Kenny Omega ends it 
by talking to uh, Ibushi and saying, I know we weren't going to do this, you know, we're going to put this behind us, but we need to break our promise. We need to have the singles match because you beat me in the G1. You deserve, you, you earned yourself a title match. Let's do it at King of Pro Wrestling. And uh, as they were setting this up, uh, Cody, who uh, now has two belts, stepped into the ring and said, uh, how about we just make a, three, a triple threat instead? Put me in it. Because I need all the belts. And, uh, yeah, that's what we got now. We have a triple threat, Cody, Ibushi, Omega, all Bullet Club elites, all fighting for the biggest prize in New Japan. And as Trace also put in here in the notes, what is Cody plotting? Because it's very interesting that he would insert himself into this match. Like, is he trying to put a wedge between these two, Ibushi and Omega, and break up the Golden Lovers? Is he finally just going to turn and join the Bullet Club uh, OG? Or does he just want all the gold? Not sure. But there are, you know, open wounds between Omega and Cody. That they kind of put aside at Dominion, but it can only last so long. Cody is still a heel in a faction that are mostly baby faces, so we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that was a fighting spirit show in North America. It was excellent. It's on New Japan World. Still, still not crazy about Jim Ross calling the show. Kevin Kelly did the best he can with them. And, uh, yeah. There's some rare New Japan coverage on Heel Turn. Just for you. So let's, uh... Let's move over to talk about... What the WWE is doing. Because... They have a big stadium show going down... This Saturday morning at 5 a.m. People tuning in, are you going to wake up at 5 a.m. and watch uh, a wrestling show in Australia? Do you want to lie? I know the answer is no. I might because I'm an idiot, but I'm also probably not. I'm probably just going to sleep in and watch it on demand. Which is funny because the WWE kept promoting that on the shows this week, saying, Yeah, it's on 5 a.m., but it's on demand too. Don't gotta wake up. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah, let's uh, let's run down the card. Tell you what they did to to build these shows up on Raw and SmackDown, and uh, give you my predictions on who I think is going to win. So the first match is a, a match that I'm highly anticipating. It is for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defending against Charlotte Flair. And, uh, if if you've been following uh, Becky on social media, she, uh, continues to be right, because she's always right. She brought up the fact that, uh, Charlotte's on the poster for the Super Showdown, uh, but I'm not, and I'm the champ. That's fucked up. She's not wrong. It, It is fucked up. But we have a match between these two, and uh, Becky promoted in the main event segment of SmackDown that she had a big Super Showdown surprise, which was a video package, and then her photoshopping a poster for the, for the pay-per-view with her standing over Charlotte, knocked out during that photo shoot. That was good. It was good, but uh, the crowd was cheering for Becky because she's always right and she's the best, even though she keeps doing despicable things. But not really that despicable because it's Charlotte. So Charlotte came out and attacked her and, you know, 
got the upper hand and ended the show with her head held high. Except that the crowd booed her because we don't like her. The here. The hero is Becky. Becky is right. She's the one we want to cheer for. And no matter what you do, WWE, we're not changing our minds. So keep at it. And I'm sure at the Australia show, Becky's going to get a huge reaction. And it's going to be awesome. I'm just curious if they're going to play the match with her being the heel and Charlotte being the face. Or if within the match, they, they kind of do a flip. Because of the crowd reaction. Not quite sure. My my guess is that Becky's still going to be the one doing most of the underhand stuff. But not too much. Like just enough to, uh, to set out that she is the heel. But she's going to win. She's going to retain the belt. They're not going to flip the belt back to Charlotte this fast. Especially... With Becky being the spotlight person on SmackDown and pretty much taking the ball and running with it. She's doing phenomenal. Again, the her and Charlotte were the main event of SmackDown. And deservedly so. So I am really, really looking forward to that match. After that, we have a tag team match with Asuka and Naomi... Taking on the Iconics, which are Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. It's a you know a hometown match for the Iconics. Cause if you can't tell from their accents, they're Australian. They're extremely Australian. Uh, what they did to promote this match was essentially have Asuka have a match with the... I believe it was Peyton. It doesn't matter. Because Asuka makes them tap out. And it's pretty much just going to say, hey, the, the, the hometown people probably aren't going to win the match. Because why would they? But wouldn't it be great if they did? I'm going to go as far to say I think it's going to be a surprise roll-up on Naomi while Asuka's distracted on the outside and the Iconics are going to somehow get the win. Because... I expect them to get a huge reaction. I'm sure they're going to wear some Australia-flagged theme out attire for this. It's going to be great. And they're probably going to cut a promo before the match, too, with a, a huge babyface promo for the crowd. So, yeah. My, my prediction is a uh, uh, sneaky, sneaky win for the Iconics. And clearly... Asuka's not going to be involved. And because she doesn't have done the Fiend streak, she can actually take a loss. Weird. Actual storytelling for Asuka can happen. Uh, next we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. It's the New Day taking on the bar. And uh, the segment they did this week to promote this match was quite good. Because on SmackDown, The New Day came out and uh, debuted a cooking show where they had uh, Mr. Bootyworth out there with them. And uh, they're going to reveal the secret recipe for their pancakes. Except the bar showed up and ruined it. Went so as far as to take the batter and dump it into Mr. Broodywort's hat and then just also pour it all over him. Which, I love Mr. Broodyworth because he never conveys any emotion, even when he's getting humiliated. He just stands there and he just does his job. He's a professional. Mr. Broodyworth is a professional and I will hear none people trying to speak badly of him. Mr. Bootyworth, MVP. Might put him on the list for best non-in-ring performer. For the for the, for our year-end awards. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah. That, that's how they built the match. for With a, a goofy segment. But I, I enjoyed it. I like the New Day's shtick. 
And I expect the belts to remain with the New Day. I don't think this is the time to flip the belts. Because who's the bar going to feud with? Just the New Day still? Let, let the New Day continue to run with the belts and have these weird pa- pancake segments. After that, uh, the Cruiserweight Championship. Remember that? That's a belt. We've got uh, Cedric Alexander defending against Buddy Murphy again. Now, if you're going to ask me how are they building this, I, I don't know. Do you watch 205 Live? I don't. Who's got time for that? I got so much other wrestling to watch. If I had like a partner who like split up the stuff to watch, maybe I'd watch 205 Live because it airs on Wednesdays now. But no. I don't know if Senator Alexander is going to retain because he does. Aside from that one match like last week, which was a tag match, he hasn't lost a single match this year. This guy's untouchable, and uh, I don't expect them to do anything interesting here. So, bunch of flippy moves. Cedric hits the the lumbar check, gets the win. Whoop de do. I mean, the one thing you could say is that Buddy Murphy is the hometown or home country hero. I don't know. Is he from Melbourne? Not not sure. Either way, there's a possibility that they could have Buddy Murphy uh, win the belt here in Australia, but I don't see that happening. They're going to give the iconic win to the Australian car, and that's going to be that. After that, we have a no count-out, no disqualification match. There must be a winner for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Or as Paige called him this week on SmackDown, Samoa. Paige, what are you doing? That, that's 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 the bit me and uh, my former partner on the show had. We call him S- S- the Samoa Samoa Joseph. Good old Samoa. Uh, so last week we had the bit with uh, Samoa Joe being outside of the house that AJ Styles built. I mean, the literal house that his family lives in. And uh, as a result, Paige this week was very close to firing Samojo, but AJ Styles talked her out of it because wrestling logic, someone messes with me, I have to fight them in the ring. Screw trying to do actual repercussions to them. Let, Let him continue to have his shot at the WWE Championship. Sure. Uh, AJ Styles cut a promo from home for some reason on his couch. And, uh, yeah, he pretty much said, I need to be with my family, make sure they're okay. But uh, as soon as I know Samoa Joe's going to be at the show in Australia, I'll hop on the plane that I'm going to straight up murder him. Like, he talked about burying him alive, and it's not a buried alive match, so I think he's talking about actual murder. Which, uh, to be fair, it's in Australia. Don't know how the laws in Australia work. I'm pretty sure you can get away with murder there. So, uh, rest in peace to Mojo. It's nice knowing you. Uh, start, uh, start building that, uh, start digging up that hole in the ground Right about now. As for who I think is going to win, I would love for Samoa Joe to actually freaking win this belt. Because I feel if the if he fails here, this feud probably ends, which I don't want it to. And there there can't really be any shenanigans for like a screwy finish. I hope. So I expect Samoa Joe to pick up the victory here and uh, finally win the WWE Championship. Come on. Give, give the man the belt. He deserves it. 
Did you not see that that storybook promo he did for uh, Hell in a Cell? Come on, man's a genius. Then, then we uh, move on to a six-woman tag: the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey taking on the Riot Squad. And as of right now, it looks like Liv is gonna be good to go. And by that, I mean she's going to probably stand on the apron and not wrestle much because she got a concussion. If you don't follow Daniel Bryan on Twitter, he actually, like, on Tuesday afternoon, he kind of went on a rant about people cyberbullying his wife about it and listing all the times he hurt people. And, uh, yeah, I kind of get it. I understand. Internet's jerks. Bunch of bad people on Twitter Trying to, you know, gang up on someone. And, uh... I... While I said last week, yeah, I don't think Bree should be wrestling. I also don't think she should get all the ridicule she's getting for it. She should just silently... Not do the wrestling. Just don't... Stop. But I guess she's gonna be in this match. And, uh... Let's hope that, uh... Let's hope that Sarah Logan can uh, protect her head. Or, or Ruby Riot for that matter. It's pretty obvious that, you know, the undefeated Ronda Rousey's could continue to be undefeated. Uh, Sheen Bellas are going to uh, win. And then I think that, uh, I don't think that the Bellas are going to turn on Ronda. But I think there's going to be hinting at some tension between Nikki and Ronda. Maybe some miscommunications during the match. And it's going to lead to their match at, uh, at Evolution. That's right, they can't be at Crown Jewel because it's in Saudi Arabia and no women are allowed. So we have to segregate them to their own pay-per-view. Lovely. Uh, then we get another six-person tag. Six-man tag uh, with the Shield taking on uh, the Dogs of War. Braun Strowman, Ziggler, and uh, Drew McIntyre. And uh, what they did on Raw to uh, build this match, I guess, is continue to hint that Dean Ambrose doesn't have a belt and he may turn on his brothers, but no, he's not because... The shield. I I I don't know what they're doing on Raw with this stuff. This feud has completely cooled off Braun Strowman, which sucks because he was the hottest thing going, and now he's being saddled with this nonsense, and pretty much just fading into the background to Ziggler and McIntyre. But. Uh, I think they're going to give the the crowd what they want, which is the shield picking up the win. Probably hitting a triple power bomb on uh, Strowman through the table to take him out of the match. And Seth Rollins hitting a curb stomp on, uh, on Dolph Ziggler to get the pinfall win. Also consider the fact that there's two champions on their team. Well, to be fair, also Ziggler and McIntyre are tag champs, but it doesn't matter. Those belts don't matter. Come on. We have a, we have one more uh, SmackDown match on this card because this match is for the number one contendership for the WWE Championship. Danny Bryan versus The Miz. We're doing this again. And I really like the way they set this up on SmackDown with uh, Shelton Benjamin showing up again because that's how people go on SmackDown. And he essentially was like, yeah, I hate being overlooked. I want to have a big match. I want to fight Danny Bryan. And the the Miz saying that he helped make sure this match happens and him being on commentary during it. And, uh, John Benjamin, Danny Bryan, pretty good match. Aside for the finish, which had 
The Miz distracting Brian and helping Benjamin pick up the win. And then attacking Brian after the match. The Miz is terrible, but also I like the fact that after the whole uh, segment with Maurice faking getting injured and then getting injured, uh, Bree and Maurice are no longer part of the storyline, and we're just focusing on these two. And it's it's pretty excellent, and I see The Miz getting the win. Well, actually, it depends on who... Well, see, that's the thing. If The Miz wins, then Styles is probably going to retain the belt and the Samoa Joe thing. Which, I guess... I guess that would make sense that Joe would loot. Oh, man. Now I have to go say that Joe doesn't get the belt and Age of Styles retains so the Miz can beat him at the Survivor Series. Damn it. This sucks. But I also like the Miz, so it's good. It's it's conflicting. Alright, I'm just switching it. Styles is going to retain the belt. Uh, the Miz is going to win this match, and then he's going to win the belt off of AJ Styles, and then Brian's going to head the claws way up to get the, the title shot at WrestleMania by winning the Royal Rumble. There you go. Pretty much, there you go, it's easy. That's how you're going to do the story. And I trust SmackDown to actually write that good story, so hopefully it comes to fruition. Hope you guys are listening out there, SmackDown writers. Then we have the match that makes no sense. Bobby Lashley and John Cena against Elias and Kevin Owens. John Cena has not been anywhere on television to build this match up. I guess he's busy doing something involving Transformers? Not quite sure. But, the one thing I want to talk about that happened on Raw is the Elias and Kevin Owens segment. Because they were in Seattle, and Elias talked shit about the Supersonics, which are, if you don't know, the defunct team that Seattle used to have in the NBA before they went to Oklahoma City. And uh, when he talked shit... It was, uh, the crowd did not like it. Like, at all. Like, it was real bad. They booed so loud and for so long, I thought a riot was going to break out. And not a, a Ruby riot, and not a Riot Squad riot, like an actual riot. But unfortunately, it, it just, it's like the segment moved on from there. But yo... Go watch that clip on YouTube. It's fantastic. Elias hit the biggest nerve. And uh, screw Seattle. You guys you guys have a basketball team. You don't deserve it anymore. It's true. Get over it. It's been years. J- John Cena's going to win the match. Hitting the AA on Kevin Owens and Elias at the same time. And then five knuckle shuffling them so hard at the ring explodes. There's no way John Cena's gonna lose. Come on. Him and Lashley win. I would like to see some interaction between Leo Rush and John Cena, though. That could be fun. And then we get to the main event. Triple H with Shawn Michaels in his corner versus The Undertaker with Kane in his corner. Kane, between this and the Saudi Arabia show. Kane's starting to appear on WWE more than he was when before he became a mayor. Seems like. They also had a segment at the end Raw with, you know, people getting beat up. It's, it's whatever. Y- y- you, know, you know what this match is. You, they, they don't need to keep trying to promote it. You, you know. It's a bunch of old-timers are going to wrestle who's going to lead up to a tag match at Saudi Arabia. But what was interesting, though, about Raw this week is Shawn Michaels had his hat knocked off during a tombstone, and 
he's bald now. He shaved his head. And he looks... Between that and the gray, you know, kind of gruffy beard he's got going on, he looks so old. Like, he was a heartbreak kid, now he's just a sad old man. Who I definitely don't want to see have another wrestling match now. Especially if he's going to look like this. He, like, he looks older than Triple H. He looks like... He looks about on par for age as The Undertaker. Like, it's not good. Maybe you should wear a wig during the match now. You could have just tried Rogaine since he was balding, if that was the issue. Get some hair extensions. The toupee, even. But yeah, the bald look looks real bad. I'm not, not a fan. So, when he has that tag match, he should just either wig it or keep, or put like a chin strap on his hat to keep it on, because I don't, I don't want to see it. As for who's going to win this match, uh, it's a good question. I mean, we need to build to a match in Saudi Arabia, so, I'm Guessing Shawn Michaels super kicks the Undertaker and helps Triple H pick up the win, and we just continue from there. I mean, I don't. If Undertaker wins, then I, I this is a tough one to call because there's so many elements going into it. Like Undertaker, he can take losses. Like he lost to Roman Reigns recently, so he could take that. Triple H also loves the job to people and put over the popular people, which The Undertaker is. But for the sake of the storyline continuing into Saudi Arabia, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna say Shawn Michaels super kicks Undertaker and Triple H picks up the uh, the screwy finish win. Though I guess the Undertaker celebrating at the end in the big arena with the fireworks would be good too. Uh, this is a tough one. Actually, you know what? Because of that, I'm going to say the Undertaker wins. And uh, in the process, he beats up Shawn Michaels. No, but that would make this is This is tough. No, I'm gonna just I'm I'm sticking with Triple H. I'm gonna say Triple H is gonna win. Sets up the match for Saudi Arabia because Undertaker wants revenge. That's and then especially Undertaker wants revenge on Michaels for costing him. That's that's it. That's my pick. I'm locking it in. It's locked in. Triple H wins in Australia. And I believe that brings us to the end of the show. That's it for Heel Turn. It's a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's .cool. We do the show live every Wednesday. I guess stay tuned to social media to find out what time the show is. Because we went early this time and then then with the Man Classic it starts at 10. It's it's weird. Just uh, follow on twitch.tv slash Ozone Online you'll get notified. Uh, Twitter at the heel turn and at PWDOTC. But if you want to catch all our other coverage of professional wrestling, uh, check out ProWrestling.Cool. That's a website you can type into your URL box on your browser. ProWrestling.Cool. Not .com. .Cool. Uh, if you're wondering why there wasn't a SmackDown uh, write-up this week, it's because we're going through a transition. Because every week I just... Well, in the past, uh, it was supposed to be that my partner wrote about Raw and I wrote about SmackDown every week. But now it's just me. And just writing about SmackDown and ignoring everything else seems kind of funny. So, uh, th- during this month, I'm going to try to figure out some things, come up with a new 
write up every week that covers like pretty much all of what's going on in the week of wrestling. And along with that, we track the WWE win-loss stats on the page, and we do a write-up about that every week, which is good. Uh, every now and then, our uh, our buddy Michael writes up hot takes on the website, which are always entertaining. Always enjoy those. If you want to support the site and help keep this thing running, you can go to Patreon.cool. And there, for just a dollar a month, just a dollar a month, that's like 25 cents a, sh- a, po- a podcast, you can get the show notes for all this and, you know, keep the lights on. And then as you add more money to your su- your subscription, you get more benefits, including at the nine ninety nine tier, you get some exclusive podcasts every month. Uh, for September, uh, me and Trace covered the New Japan Destruction shows. And had a length... It was about two and a half hours. It's a pretty lengthy discussion. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It's always great to talk with him. T- Top tier dude. So, please uh, check that out if you're able to. Social media. Facebook is... It's just search for prowrestling.cool or facebook.com slash pwdotc. Twitter. I guess I already said that. It was at the heel turn at PWDOTC. I told you at the Twitch. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the underscore ozone. I occasionally tweet entertaining things, I guess. I don't know. Follow if you'd like. And, uh, of course, I guess I can also... I, I hope Twitch lets me do this, but... If you want to see me play Forza along with Trace and other friends. Um, Mixer.com slash The Ozone is where I'm doing that. Don't, don't, don't tell Amazon. Shh. It's a secret. Alright. That's it. We're done. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Hopefully the sickness goes away and we get back to our normal thing. But regardless, next week we'll be in a post- Super Showdown World, and I'm gonna probably be wrong about most of my predictions. We'll figure it out. That's it. Thank you everyone for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. And until then. This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.